Police investigated double murder-suicide involving the in-laws of NASCAR driver Jimmy Johnson. A missing teen from Nebraska is found dead in a bonfire pit, and a Minnesota man turned Skittles into a weapon. These stories and more coming at you today, Friday, June 30th, on Real Life, Real Crime Daily, and I'm Jim Chapman. And I'm Woody Overton. And I'm Mike Agavino, and... Jim used one of my stories in his teaser. Did he? How he did. Wow. That's because you were butthurt last time. <laughs> He's coming along, coming along. Well, before we get going, I, I've got I've to oh, do a shit. correction retraction. Oh, that's Fridays. Mike screwed up, and uh, and we've got a listener who uh, is a pretty big Disney fan and pointed out that Space Mountain was not shut down, which I had said the other day. It was Splash Mountain uh, that was shut down. Frankly, I don't even know which park Splash Mountain is in and Disney what it World. did. That's in Orlando. Okay, Orlando. and what what was it? I think it's a one of those log a, ride things. It's a log ride deal yeah, where with a rabbit and yeah. a log, <laughs> <Briar> <laughs> rabbit. A log ride with a rabbit. Well, why would they have to shut that down? What better premise for a ride could there be? Well, uh, apologies to uh, Space Mountain fans. Uh, it is uh, it is still going. On much more positive news, I need to thank everyone in Ago Nation who came oh out God. big. Yesterday, big yeah. yesterday. Quit lying, Jim. It's gone on to like six now. <laughs> Sorry. Keep going. See, these guys aren't going to be honest. You can be honest. They like the stuff I'm not allowed to report. Report, hey, folks. They have every the whole world is a broad spectrum. One end <laughs> and the other and some in the middle. And you're talking about the very, 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 very low end. <laughs> I'm never going to get credit for this, folks. But thanks for liking it. And guess what? It's going to be back. Not uh, not every not every episode, but it's going to be back every we'll see. every so often. And I thank you for your tremendous response. <laughs> I uh, I also have a confession to make. You ever did all the responses on the fake people? <laughs> no, I didn't do that. But I walked. Uh, I walked in the house the other day after we recorded and um my wife is dying laughing uh watching videos of me with my granddaughter which first sin was you asked me about my new york trip right i neglected to mention that i met my granddaughter right. for the first time, my five-month-old granddaughter, I, I got to see the pictures, baby Jane, yeah. for the first time. The reason my wife was laughing crazy, like crazy, is because, well, anytime Jane looked at me, she just burst out crying. <laughs> and so I'm not the only one. And, and I historically had kind of this baby whisper thing where I thought, you know, just uh, a, a babies love me and and hey, she's going to love me just like everybody, mind. but. Yeah. But I, uh, so Jerry's like, look, you posted this picture and got all these people to do this stuff and happiness is a grand baby. And it's the only time the kid wasn't bawling <laughs> while she was near you. And, <laughs> you and then you go on the show and talk about your New York trip and you don't even mention yeah. that you met your granddaughter for the first time. You're an idiot. And so yes, <laughs> folks, I'm, I am an idiot. I love my granddaughter, but I'm going to have some work to do to, uh, to work myself into her good graces. But ah, sure. lo- love you, baby. Sure. Jean. 
Oh, wait, wait. we know you're persistent. Yeah. You'll, you'll get there. That's right. That's right. Let's get into some crime time. Let's do it. Four are arrested for 24 total burglaries in Hammond, Louisiana. Yeah. For y'all that, that are from Louisiana, that's about 15 minutes from where we're recording Just right drove now. through there. It's about, it's about 35 minutes from where I'll Well, that's my- if you go the speed limit, Woody. I go like 100. <laughs> that's true. That's where I started my law enforcement career, and I used to live there. Yeah. So, that's right. And and uh, and go southeastern lines if right. you're if you're a Southeastern fan. So the Tangipahoa Parish Sheriff's Office arrested three teenagers and a man who they believed are responsible for 24 vehicle burglaries in Hammond and Ponchatoula. Chief Jimmy Travis said the deputies were responding to a call reporting four people walking through an apartment complex. Travis said a homeowner reported to deputies that the suspects entered their car and stole a pair of shoes before making the call. When deputies arrived, the suspects ran from the scene, but three were quickly caught. Following an investigation, detectives identified a fourth suspect as 19-year-old DeMarco Taylor. He reportedly turned himself in later that morning. Now, through the process of interviewing, Travis said detectives linked the suspects to 24 vehicle burglaries in the Tangy Lakes apartment complex and some neighboring subdivisions. Taylor will face 17 counts of vehicle burglary, two counts of contributing to the delinquency of a juvenile, and a count of resisting officer by flight. The three teens faced numerous counts of vehicle burglary and were transported to the juvenile detention center. That's where I used to be. A supervisor. The Florida, Florida Parish, Parish that's Juvenile right. Detention Center, yep. Travis said detectives are investigating other burglaries that may involve suspects and additional charges may be added. So all these, you know, that's a big I mean, problem lately with these kids. And it's summertime. Well, always, they're out of school. Always during the holidays or summertime. And the yeah. other thing is there's way more than 24. And they didn't tell you that they're breaking windows because they weren't. It's, they go through and they find everybody that left their car door unlocked. Pull door handles. And in. I'm the world's worst at it, but they, you know, and they grab whatever they can. And usually, uh, you know, you, if you even catch them in the night in the act time and it'll be the next day and the next day and the next day, the people realize, Oh, my shit's missing. Right. And yeah. Call it in, so. And it's crazy because, you know, these days you have key fobs back when yeah. you and yeah, I were right, first right, driving. Right, right, right. If you weren't sure you locked your car, you had to walk all right. the way to your yeah, car. My, my truck double honks every time. I walk away from it because it's not locked. Uh, Donna, uh, I wish I could turn that shit off. But that seems like an awful lot, a large number of crimes to have been committed before these guys were caught. I mean, considering yeah. we got cameras in parking lots now and everything else, yeah. doesn't well, well, I mean, it's the middle of the night. They're doing it. But what happens is once they catch them, they're, they're like, they're looking at all the car burglaries and, and that. Uh, surrounding areas for the last couple of days and they and they get them to confess and they're like yeah well, we stole that and you can never get all the shit back everything they take I mean you might get some in a pawn shop or most of it they traded for dope already and stuff like that anything that's not nailed down whatever uh, guns they get guns a yeah, lot of oh, they got they got me and I did a story on a real life real crime and I, how I got the confession I just happened to be driving around and Saw this dude standing in his yard, and I was like, "This motherfucker's good for it." And I went over there and swim. Uh, someone who isn't <laughs> me threatened him and said, "You have two hours." And I got got my pistol back. So, but anyway, we're moving on. NASCAR fans, boys, 
Yes. I know. A little bit. I, I can mag. I go, I know you're not a NASCAR fan, so don't you act like it. Well, NASCAR <laughs> had a radio network back in the day, so yeah. I did a little work with yeah, that radio the, network. So got the, to go. got to experience a little bit of NASCAR. Yeah, they're racing the for the first time ever through streets of Chicago this weekend on the 4th of July weekend. I saw that. And it's a big deal. They've, they've never done it. And um, uh, they're shutting down that part of the city and everything else. Um, but one Has of, a NASCAR ever been stolen during a race? Because there's a good <laughs> chance that's going to happen in Chicago this week. Yeah, or somebody's going to kill. That's what I was thinking last night. I was watching a YouTube thing on it, uh, the pros and the cons of it. I'm like, mm, I'm pretty sure somebody's going to get murdered. But tell you about this one. Jimmy Johnson is one of the all-time greats. And so when I came up and I moved to Tennessee, you know, I didn't follow NASCAR. Nobody in Louisiana did. And this uh, when Dale Earnhardt was still alive and Jeff Gordon was a rookie. But you go up there and people drive around with the flags on their car mm-hmm. and stuff. You, it's, you go to the bar and you think it's their mom and daddy's racing the track. And that's how hardcore they take it. Well, this one, when Jimmy Johnson was coming up, uh, he's just absolute legend, won many, many championships and everything else. But unfortunately, this is a sad story for his family. And the in-laws of NASCAR driver Jimmy Johnson and the 11-year-old nephew of his wife were killed in a fatal shooting in Oklahoma on, on Monday night that police are now investigating as a possible murder-suicide. The Muskegee Police Department said that three people were found dead inside a home Monday night after receiving a 911 call at around 9.05 p.m. over reports of a disturbance and someone with a gun. The female caller hung up after reporting the incident. Once on the scene, police saw a person laying in the hallway inside the front door, and they heard gunshots from inside the home. So mm-hmm. they were there pretty quickly, and then they still hearing that the act of shooting. Um, the deceased were identified as 69-year-old Jack Janway, his wife Terry Janway, 68, and their 11-year-old grandson. The victims are the parents and the nephew of Jimmy Johnson's wife, Chandra. Jesus. So police said they're investigating the, um, you know, as, as a possible murder-suicide, and that, of course, Terry's, the guy, Terry's being looked at as suspects. So our hearts prayers go out to them and everybody of, of, um, that are victims of violent crimes. And, and as you all know, this happens every day. Um, this one made the news because of, who Jimmy Johnson right. is. Right. Yeah. yeah. And right, like, as that was coming out, uh, I saw the uh, reports on Ryan Mallett, the yeah, former yeah. Arkansas the, quarterback the who, Panama City, who right? drowned in yeah. uh, rip, uh, riptide, rip currents yeah. in, uh, in Panama City Panama at City age 35. And that's where you, no, you went to Des- Did No, you I go to Panama City. City. No, uh, he, he, it happened to him in Destin. He wasn't in Panama City. Okay. Well, uh, they, Panama City just came out as the most dangerous beach in the world. Had like no six, kidding. six deaths this summer, yeah. And oh, I, wow. now, I've been there a million times too. Yeah, it's crazy. And, they, and they've got a lot of those in California, and it's really hard, uh, I imagine, on people in the moment to realize what to do. But yeah. it is not it's that easy. hard to get out of a rip current if you just I'm, stay calm right. and swim out with it. Swim out until you don't feel it anymore, and, and go then, then go, go to parallel the right. to the beach, and then come I'm, back in. I'm a very strong swimmer and always have been but uh, I've actually been caught in rip currents before but I knew what to do and and just swim right out with it and around it and back in but people unfortunately panic no Uh, and you gotta you know 
great athlete. Uh, yeah. who Tall I guy, still in six, really good shape right. at 35, 20, probably yeah. coaching football now. And, right. and God, unbelievable. Well, let's move to what I think has become our favorite county for crime in the United States. Mm, the one with the golf carts? <laughs> Pinellas County. Is Florida. it? Oh, We're going to Pinellas County, Florida. Somebody stole some clean ass. No, listen to this <laughs> shit. So. Pinellas County sheriffs were given a break from their normal beat of chasing after the elderly and their pimped out golf carts when a man fired 30 rounds from an AR-15 rifle at a man who'd entered his pool deck. According to Pinellas sheriffs, the incident took place on the night of June 15th after 43-year-old Jana Hossever heard noises on the pool deck and then spotted an unknown male figure. She alerted her husband, Bradley Hosmer, who then spotted the man as well. The man then allegedly began coming toward the door of the house, shining a flashlight, making it difficult for Bradley to see. So Hosmer allegedly fired two rounds from his AR. Well, he did fire two rounds from his AR-15 rifle, causing the man to run from the pool and eye. The man was hit with glass and shrapnel from the rounds, but was not struck by a bullet. However... Hasavar, 57, continued to fire, believing the intruder was still on the property, according to sheriffs. 47 seconds after he fired the first two rounds and 47 seconds after the man had actually run away, Bradley Hasavar fired the additional rounds. And 25 seconds after that, he fired more rounds. In total, Bradley Hasavar fired 30 rounds from the AR-15 in about 90 seconds. Thankfully... He's a lousy shot because the figure on the pool deck turned out to be the Hossiver family pool cleaner, Carl Pollock. (laughs) Jesus. Pollock was reportedly running way behind schedule that day, which caused him to arrive at the Hossiver home much later than usual. He didn't get there till 9 p.m. I should have called somebody. Pinellas County Sheriff Bob Galtieri claimed Pollock, quote, Pollock didn't knock on the door. He didn't call or make any attempt to notify the Hossivers that he would be entering their black, uh, their back lanai and going on their pool deck at 9 p.m. Pollock entered through a side door, calling the incident a, quote, unfortunate set of circumstances. Gualtieri claimed the Hossiver acted within the law when he reportedly fired his weapon, citing Florida's, quote, stand your ground law, which protects Hossiver's right to fire towards someone he believed posed a threat to he and his wife. Right. This is one of those things, if I was going to sum it up, uh, it's a terrible set of circumstances, but it's probably one of those things that I would call lawful but awful. We're fortunate that no one was seriously hurt. There was no crime that was committed by Hasavar, and he was acting within the law when he, fought, when, he was, when he fired the gun. Pollock was taken to local area hospital with minor injuries and was treated and released the same night, and thankfully— Pinellas County sheriffs are back to chasing golf carts right. all over the county. So, so the deal, my thoughts on that is I absolutely agree. This asshole should have called. I mean, who comes to clean the pool after dark? Yeah, absolutely. He might have really been a peeping Tom or some shit like that. But the if you come to my house and I'm so afraid that I have to fire my farm, I'm going to fire it till it's empty, I, even after you're gone because – if you're going to, it, it too made you run, 
the next 18 might make you run a little faster, right? Uh, but they could have charged them, like fire in Louisiana. You Technically, you're not supposed to fire a firearm within 500 feet of a residence and shit like that. But the good story. I mean, he's coming hey, he at could, the house with the flashlight. He's got the yeah, guy blinded. Yeah, yeah. So he doesn't know I, if I he has a weapon. I thought you were going to say it was, it was a cop or something. Uh, when we were in Maui, uh, <laughs> we were staying on this big multi-million dollar home on the golf course overlooking the ocean and we were raising hell down the hot tub and stuff and one of our buddies went to bed there's three couples and he went to bed and we're still in the hot tub and this guy comes around and uh he said he said security security my wife's like f you lenny you ain't security and it was actually security for the neighborhood (laughs) (laughs) he could have got shot too but anyway wow crazy all right, a missing Nebraska teen has been found dead in a bonfire pit in Arizona days after graduating high school. So investigators are searching for answers after the 18-year-old male's body was found in a burn pit in a state park just after he graduated. Maricopa County Sheriff's Office went to the Tonto National Forest after someone called reporting a bomb body in a bonfire pit in a remote area of the Bulldog Canyon Recreation Area. About a week later, Maricopa County Sheriff's Office positively identified the victim as Parker League. Some of his personal belongings were found at a home in Tempe. The Sheriff's Office reportedly called League's death malicious. Uh, The County Public Information Officer Sergeant Joaquin Enriquez said in a police briefing that the information we have available for release is he was found in the pile burning. So as far as other details of whether he can, uh, of whether he was placed there, uh, those details we can't get into this, this from the County public information officer league's family in Nebraska reported him missing to Tempe police on June 15th, he had reached, recently graduated from high school and was in Arizona visiting friends. Hunter League, Parker's brother, said someone tried to buy food and pay for an electric bill with Parker's debit card. That's where the eyebrows really get raised. Hunter said of his brother, it's hard to accept because he was the nicest kid in the world. I just could not imagine having to deal with something like that. Horrible. Right. Hope, hoping they find answers. Yeah, well, the deal is, the key thing you said is, it's a national park, so the feds are going to ultimately oh, have jurisdiction. Good and, point. And they're going to hammer, hammer that ass. A uh, lot more resources than your, yep. than your uh, right. regular county police. And right? another kid dead right after graduation, right? Awful. It's horrible. Hi. The world has become a smaller place, and people are traveling more freely between countries than ever before. And companies are doing more business outside of their home countries than ever before. The geniuses at Rosetta Stone saw this trend beginning to develop years ago and have dedicated decades toward researching and refining the best and most efficient way to teach someone a new language. Rosetta Stone has been one of our most loyal sponsors here at Real Life Real Crime and The Daily Show. And that's because many of you out there have trusted Rosetta Stone to prepare you for everything from a family reunion to a once-in-a-lifetime trip, to a business trip in a faraway country. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program in the galaxy. Rosetta Stone's been there for us with a great product at a great price. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert in language learning for 30 years with millions of users. 
Rosetta Stone's intuitive process helps you pick up a new language naturally so you retain what you learn, and their true accent speech recognition feature is like having a personal trainer. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Real Life Real Crime and The Daily Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. Au revoir. All right, guys. We've never had an intervention on the show, but we're going to have one right now. And this applies to both of you guys, but perhaps a bit more to Mr. Overton. Mm, Must be alcohol. Well, you know, neither of you guys are 25 anymore, and sometimes you need to take a break away from the alcohol. Oh, boy. So I want to talk to you about a healthy alternative to alcohol that can be just the right fix after a stressful day. You know, Woody, like a day after 10 crazies from Wisconsin come into town to kill a thousand wild boars, and you idiots end up killing a thousand shiner box at the same time. That's going to happen. Well, I know it is. And so I want to tell you about a product called Recess Mood. Mm. Think about it. Even the name sounds relaxing. Recess Mood is a delicious sparkling water infused with functional ingredients like mood-lifting magnesium and stress-balancing adaptogens so you can relax without the alcohol or the hangover. Now, while Jim is looking up the meaning of adaptogens, I'll continue on. Real Life Real Crime and The Daily Show listeners get 15% off the Recess Mood Sampler Pack at takearecess.com slash R-L-R-C. That's takearecess.com slash R-L-R-C. You can enjoy Recess Mood after a busy day or whatever you need to relax and unwind. Recess Mood is made with real fruit and comes in four delicious flavors like strawberry rose and raspberry lemon. Mm. Those sound yummy. Yeah. It's only got 20 calories, doesn't have any sugar in it. So I don't know if you've ever had Guilt Woody. But if you do, Recess Mood could help you get rid of it. Yeah, but I've had the pain of not having a recess. Okay, well, you deserve a healthier way to unwind. Head to takearecess.com slash R-L-R-C and get 15% off a Recess Mood sampler pack. It's your go-to alcohol replacement. Hey, y'all, I sent y'all this video the other day of this guy in... I'm going to tell you about the story, but I want y'all to understand. I want everybody out there, after you hear this... To know that I'm doing a full, I went down a wormhole in this cat, and I'm going to do a full-blown Real Life Real Crime original episode on him because I found out some very super disturbing things. But let me tell you about this dude. He was getting ready to be sentenced. Um, Minutes before, a Florida judge handed down a death sentence. Joseph Zeller, a convicted child murderer, called his defense lawyer over to him. He said, Kevin, and he waved him over, and you got to see this video y'all if you haven't watched we'll put it up or we'll put the link up so his lawyer kevin shirley goes to, to him and he bends down to, to, towards him like zeal is acting like he can't hear i mean he wants to whisper in his ear mm-hmm. right so he bends down and zeal is dressed in his orange jumpsuit with chains crossed his waist and his arms and the lawyer leaned over uh and as soon as he leaned over to hear whatever zeal had to whisper in his ear Zeller swung the right side of his body forward, landing an elbow to the lawyer's face, but not, he didn't knock him out, y'all, uh, like he wanted to. And 
the uh, as soon as it happened, the two core bailiffs right, Russell Zillow to the floor, and as as Zillow was going to the ground, he said, "Sorry, I missed." And the courtroom attack Monday was the dramatic punctuation mark on a 33-year-old double homicide case in, in southwest Florida. Ziegler was recently found guilty on two counts of first-degree murder after an unrelated arrest for assault in 2016 yielded new DNA evidence that reopened the decades-old case that I'm going to tell you all about um, of murder of an 11-year-old girl and her babysitter in 1990. So last month, the jury found him guilty, and he was sentenced to death. Um, again, DNA solves another case. And back in the day, just to give you a, a brief history of the case, the girl's mother found her daughter, Robin Cornell, 11 years old, and Lisa Story, 32, suffocated in an apartment in Cape Coral, Florida. Let me ask you about that. Have you been there, Cape Coral? Yeah. It's, uh, so so back then, evident, evidently, it was a really, really – a uh, nice neighborhood back then, because when I went down the wormhole, it was a mansion that that they lived in, and then she was a single mom. And I, well, anyway, I didn't know if you knew. And is it not? It's it not yeah, nice I, there I, now. I, I I've been through there uh, um, back in the day when when I was traveling so much. I just don't remember because now it's so convoluted and compact that there's so many million dollar neighborhoods like Mike's that it doesn't <laughs> even matter. All right, so um, where I park my Jeep, so zero by Frontier, yeah, sexually assaulted <laughs> them both, according to investigators, and the on the stand, Zila tried to lie and say all kinds of shit, uh, uh, but he he said he was there, his DNA was there because he had sex with um, the baby girl Robin's mom months before the murder, and he he, he showed his ass the whole trial. Um, Lee Hollander, Zeal's other defense attorney, whom he did not attack, made the brilliant observation of Zeal's behavior while testifying did not help his chances throughout the trial, and I promise you they didn't. After the elbow attack, the judge ordered for the already shuckled Zealer to be placed in additional ch- chains a- across his hands and feet, and he was put in the corner of the courtroom to prevent him from doing any other stupid shit. The, the judge asked him, hey, is there any reason why you shouldn't be sentenced to death? And from the corner, Zeller said, told the judge, hey, I'm innocent. So anyway, the judge sentenced him to death. Uh, uh, he was he was supposedly doing all of these, uh, uh, making all of these obscene gestures toward jurors? He did. He did. Wait, I'm going to tell it all on Real Life for Crime. Not only all the shit he did during the trial, which is the most craziest shit I've ever heard of, um, but this dude's life leading up to, I mean, if they don't come back with with 30 bodies on this motherfucker, I don't know if I've ever seen a serial killer, but I found things out that in this guy's life leading up to the point, it's just below your mind. And normally I don't really cover other outside stories and stuff, but this one, I was like, holy shit. And you put it all together. It's a hell of a story. And I'd like to point out uh, for our listeners that may not be from the deep South, that when Woody says show his ass, he didn't literally oh, show his yeah, ass. Yeah, okay. It meant he was acting belligerent. Right, so, so uh, yeah, he was. We have uh, our own little terms he was around here. Stupid as a motherfucker. Yeah, How about that? that's what it means. Somebody said today. I was reading the comment this morning at six o'clock. Somebody said, and I've never heard Mike drop the f bomb. I'm like, bullshit. Mike said fuck before. He just yeah, he says it all the time. Not no, yeah, not, uh, not 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 that often. But uh, 
look, there's there's a woman who, you know, is the first inducted member into the all Woody team who oh, taught yeah, us yeah. how to really handle a lawyer that's not doing their right, gig. And, right. and, you know, <laughs> she did that after she made the all Woody team. Yeah, she did that after she made the all Woody team. But she business, if you're listening this morning, this guy didn't. I mean, he needs fighting lessons from you. Yes. He needs agility when while well, shackled lessons, all of it. So he did his best, but but yeah. you kicked the crap out of your lawyer much better. Than, I, than I agree. She business did better. This guy was a little bit sneakier. I mean, it's pretty, oh, it was a good move. Yeah, it was a good move. I mean, he yeah, tried that. Was a good move. You know. I don't know why they don't have them in Florida because we have them here. That when you handcuff and shackle like that with the chain uh, waist, and you always have the key. Well, the black box is an, an additional security over your handcuffs, so they can't pick it. But you always face the keyhole up this way, so they can't get the fingers around with you know bobby pins or whatever the fuck they use. But um, in court here, if you think somebody's going to act their ass like this dude showed his ass the whole time, or acted out the whole time they actually have a shocker they put in that black box and the, and the deputy can sit across the room you can really do anything you know, taste the shit out of them. <laughs> oh, man. so florida you need to buy you some of that mm. yeah let's go uh to the state of minnesota to a, a bit more of a docile criminal than, right. uh, than uh the character we just talked about um this could easily have been a dumb criminal story but I knew if I made it one that Jim would steal it and not give it to me. So I'm <laughs> doing it. Um, we're going to call this Taste the Pain Bow. The Pain Bow. Taste the Pain Bow, which should uh, give you a hint about. I, I have no idea. Unless it's well, that's because bow. you've never thought of weaponizing Skittles. But this Minnesota uh, man did. Time for Skittles. This Minnesota man with a heart-shaped tattoo under his eye was arrested for allegedly pelting patrons and servers in a restaurant with Skittles. Heart-shaped? Heart-shaped. I got a picture of it. You know what teardrops mean? A teardrop tattoo means uh, they've committed murder. He looks like he's 12. Why in the hell would you put a heart shape? Uh, He's going to get punked out in prison. (laughs) He's not going to get He's not going to do well. He wouldn't do well in, like, sixth grade detention. (laughs) (laughs) Much less real prison. Real prison, but sorry, buddy. But... um, so he he uh, started pelting patrons and servers in this restaurant with Skittles. Tristan Statina, age 19, he looks 12, allegedly burst into the business on Friday and began throwing Skittles at employees and customers. And he left the incriminating evidence behind. Hard to regather all those Skittles after you've thrown them. An officer, quote, noticed Skittles all over the ground and a bag of Skittles near the garbage. One victim of the colorful attack reportedly told police she was hit in the back with a Skittle that led to, quote, a stinging pain in her back area. The horror. Must have been a purple one. Grape flavored. Um, Cops figured out who the suspect was when the victim told them he had a heart-shaped tattoo under his eye and another tattoo on the other side of his face. When officers caught up with Statina at another business and attempted to arrest him outside of it, he resisted arrest. By throwing Skittles? (laughs) Um, 
As officers were placing handcuffs on Statina, he pulled away and attempted to break free from the officer's control and wrapped his leg around uh, an officer, uh, last name of Gilbertson, in an attempt to trip him. Wow. Eventually, the cops uh, subdued the suspect, uh, Statina, and it took three officers to get him to the ground. I mean, if you look at this guy and he's throwing... He's throwing Skittles. It took three officers to get this guy to the ground. He is facing charges of misdemeanor assault, misdemeanor disorderly conduct, and resisting police, according to a criminal complaint. He could face more than a a year in jail if convicted of all of these crimes. I, I don't know why, but this got me thinking. If I was trying to do pain, inflict pain by throwing a candy at someone, what candy would be the best weapon? Because mm. it's clearly not Snickers Skittles. Bar. A fro- fro- free- frozen, frozen Snickers bar. Frozen yeah, Snickers could do some real yeah. damage. Probably not chocolate, though. I mean, if you were doing a more of just a candy. I can't think of it. I don't really eat a lot of candy. Um, blow pops? Rollos. But that's chocolate. How about? Yeah, but I mean, they, they, everlasting, like everlasting gobstoppers are about. This. Ooh, they, they still have those. Yeah. Oh, they're I've, out there, I've, man. They're about that that big. It's like shit. That's like the one. It's like half yeah. a baseball, and you have a bunch of those. Yeah, that's true. You could you but could do some. I didn't know they still had those. Around. You could do some. You could do some damage, but uh, we'll put a picture of his uh, Statino up. I don't know what's wrong with this kid, but I mean, you're throwing skittles, and then you resist arrest. I mean, he wasn't going to get arrested for the skittles. They were going to have a quick laugh about it and and move on their way. If you're dumb enough to go in and throw skittles, you know he's going to resist. Woody would have arrested him in yeah, a heartbeat. <laughs> Unbelievable. But I would have sprayed him and, and, and everything else. You'd have sprayed him? Hell yeah, for uh, resisting. I'm not going to take my time taking this kid to the ground so he can sue me. I'll spray him and, and let him get on his <laughs> well, own face and hands and knees. And spray. What hey. size must these Minnesota officers be where it took three of them I, to wrestle that guy to the ground? When they say, let me tell you the most dangerous time, and I don't think I've ever said this, the most dangerous time when you're dealing with, with a an, somebody you're arresting is after you get the first cuff on and because that's when they're going to fight. If they're going to fight or flight, that's when they do. But then when they have it on, then if they break free, it's a weapon and it can kill you. Yep. All right. So we're going to take you to New York, New York. And a New York man was arrested on murder charges for shooting and killing his three week old daughter with a crossbow. What? Patrick Profay, who is 26, is facing charges including second-degree murder, second-degree attempted murder, and first-degree criminal contempt, violating a protection order. Asher said the sheriff's department responded to a home in the Colesville area early in the morning around 5.15 a.m., and he said the baby as well as the infant's mother had been shot with a crossbow. That is unreal. The sheriff said a preliminary investigation noted uh, that Profay got into a disagreement with his wife, 31-year-old Megan Carey, and fired a crossbow at her while she was holding their three-week-old daughter. It's not like you can uh, cock one twice and shoot two. two, They call them bolts, not arrows. And and people don't realize how strong those things are. 
Profay then left the home and sped away in a pickup truck before authorities arrived while Megan Carey was taken to Wilson Hospital and treated for her injuries. The baby was pronounced dead on the scene. Jeez. Authorities set up a perimeter around the area and within an hour found Profate hiding in the woods less than a mile from the house after his truck got stuck in the mud. Mm. The couple had a long history of domestic incidents with his wife having an active stay away order of protection in place. Police added that based on the investigation, Mr. Profate was dealing with some internal demons, you think? He was not dealing with with having a newborn child. Hmm. Actor said Profate remains in custody ahead of his arraignment. Unbelievable. I, I, I don't know if there's enough you could do. That he's guy. Got, he's got to get the death penalty if they have it. Uh, That's uh, one where we need to be able to have the death penalty uh, be fulfilled by shooting, shooting him with, with a crossbow. crossbow. Right. That's, I mean, that, uh, I mean, I have a crossbow, uh, and and I have a regular bow. Crossbows are bad dudes. Absolutely. So, just unreal, disgusting. I don't know. All right. Well, let me try to maybe lighten it up. Well, not really lighten it up, but so a confrontation in at a New Mexico movie theater turned deadly on Sunday night. Michael Tenorio, 52, was fatally shot after an alleged argument with a teen moviegoer who claimed Tenorio and his wife were in the teen's reserve seats. No respect for life. This all went down at the Century Rio movie theater in Albuquerque. Enrique Padilla, 19, is accused by police of shooting Tenorio in the chest, then fleeing the scene. The shoot sparked panic among the moviegoers, who ran for their lives as they heard gunshots, naturally. According to the Albuquerque Journal, Tenero and his wife, Trina Tenero, bought tickets for an 8.50 p.m. showing the romantic comedy No Hard Feelings. The couple picked seats 8 and 11 in row F, but a theater employee suggests they sit together and ask two people in seats 9 and 10 to scoot over. However, when Padilla and his girlfriend arrived at the theater, a fight over the seat change allegedly began. Padilla's girlfriend summoned an employee, according to the outlet, who offered a refund, but eventually the two couples were seated next to each other in the theater. Once the employee left, Padilla allegedly threw a bucket of popcorn at Trina, sparking the altercation. Then witnesses saw Trina shove Padilla, and then the gunshots were heard. Tenorio was unarmed. An off-duty police officer who was at the movie tried to help him and witness the altercation but did not see the weapon. Padilla fled the scene but was later found by police hiding behind a bush outside. The teen who was reportedly wounded in the abdomen was rushed to the hospital and charged with homicide, shooting at an occupied building and tampering with evidence. And, you know, I don't know. Um Padilla hasn't retained a lawyer, and 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 he's said the sheriff said it was unclear how Padilla was wounded or what motivated him to allegedly open fire. Tenario died on the scene, so okay, crazy. So over movie theaters, man. Every, well, a, a romantic comedy. <laughs> that's I mean, I mean not to laugh, a guy's dead, yeah. but it's a fucking rom com. Excuse right. me, there I dropped an f bomb. Who, I mean. You're going there for your for your wife, right? What guy wants to go right. see a rom com, right? Never been so in one. you're going there for your girlfriend <laughs> or your wife to, you know, you're doing the right doing the right thing, and 
a battle over a seat. Yeah. Yeah. And and by the way, it was moving one seat over. One he would still be. No one was asking anyone to separate from the person they were with. Just them moving over one seat allowed the other couple to sit together right. and them to be able to sit together. Right. And I mean, that results in gunfire. So I had to. I knew you were going to do this story, so I had to go look at the reviews for No Hard Feelings, the right. rom-com, Tell to see if that, Tell there's any all, way in which this movie was people, worth all of this shit. All six people in the movie theater, including the cop. Well, it's actually got a you know a good tomato score. It uh, it, it it does. Um, no Hard Feelings manages to capture how two people with different backgrounds and levels of experience can still connect in a way that's not solely about the physical side. Another review says, despite uh, it being about some troubled and sometimes mean-spirited people, the movie has its high points and some really funny humor. It's, uh, it's very of its time and pretty fun, even if a little predictable. I, so you're going to see uh, this kind of a movie and... Bring that think kind I'd of a rather, mindset into it. I'd rather watch Deer Hunter. I, I would. Rather, I was going to say I'd rather watch Rust. Yeah. <laughs> Rust. <laughs> We're going to do a screening of Rust. So we the, the rom com murderer. Nice work, dude. Horrible. How did he get shot though? He shot him. Must, they, they, they must they have wrestled he over. He was injured in the stomach. Maybe the dude. Had oh, I thought it's. Something. I thought it said. Uh, his, his, it said I'm sure his attorney's going to say the dude pulled a knife. But I mean, look. The other I would never old, take my wife to one, and she would make me take her to one uh, of those things. But, but I'm even if we got on to see some action thriller or whatever, or Star Wars or something, whatever, somebody throws a bucket of popcorn on her. Even though he was like in his fifties, and this guy was a teenager, I'm, he's oh yeah, he's gonna get an ass whipping, yeah, or I'm gonna get her trying, yeah. I'm but you're, somebody disrespect my wife. But you're not going to pull metal out of your waistband, and well, he did. He's not the well, one. Well, unless did he pulled first. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I bet I try to behave. Try to behave at that premiere of Rust. Yeah, we're going back to New York again. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm bravely going back City. to New York yet again. Born Frontier Airlines, and I can tell you from firsthand experience, there is no more serious business in New York City than the business of Pizza. Yeah. Or Chicago, too. No, that's the challenge. That deep dish is, no. New York pizza. Which I got to have some while I was there. Um, I can't believe, I mean, this is just so hard to believe. But the city of New York is putting in place a law forcing restaurant owners to cut down on emissions from coal and wood-burning pizza ovens. Oh, this is stupid. They they also in new constructions and shit, you can't put in no gas, gas appliances. What the fuck? We're, we're, when we're living in China, you can tell me what I could put well, in no, my no. house? China's the largest polluter on earth. Well, well, whatever. <laughs> they're, they're, wherever. This is, but, but, but listen to this. I, yeah. I love what, what happened here. So, uh, so under the plan, restaurants with coal and wood-burning stoves installed before 2016 would have to submit to a professional review to see if there was a way they could... Uh, sort of retrofit them to filter pollutants more safely. Um, uh, the, the, the laws left a bad taste in pizza lovers' mouths. An activist by the name of Scott Lobato showed up at City Hall the other day and delivered a profanity-laced speech aimed at what he referred to as 
quote, woke lawmakers behind the proposal. Lobato then proceeded to hurl slices of pizza over the gates of City Hall <laughs> while exclaiming, give us pizza or give us death. Oh, I love it. Love. Getting in the give 4th of July sale. spirit. By the afternoon, <laughs> New York City Mayor Eric Adams was forced to confront what had become the city's newest pizza gate. There oh, my God. Prior pizza gates. Oh, my God. <laughs> So, no, Adams Adams put on his, uh, this was good, Adams. I think pizzas have saved more marriages than any other foods, he told reporters, defending the beloved cheesy staple. Sharing a pie with your boo is like, that's the ultimate. Adams said the city was seeking to remove hazardous types of smoke without hurting businesses. He said the rules were still being worked out and no one should be panicking. The public can weigh in without throwing pizzas over my gate, the, the mayor added. The city plans to hold a public hearing on the, uh, uh, the regulation in the coming weeks. This is utter BS. It won't make a difference to climate change. Twitter and Tesla owner Elon Musk tweeted in response to a New York Post story that reported on this. If Elon's weighed in, then come on. Rulemakers claim the change would impact... Fewer than 100 businesses, but they fail to mention that those businesses include several iconic establishments favored by pizza aficionados like John's in Greenwich Village, Patsy's in Turtle Bay in the Upper West Side, and Grimaldi's near the Brooklyn Bridge. Papa John's. Those are, no, 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 you, those are New York institutions. You do I'm not sorry. F with their ovens. We will save the planet by putting nine or ten fan, fantastic New York City pizzerias out of business. Going to really change things, you guys, tweeted Joe Borelli, a Republican council member from Staten Island. Nice Italian guy in Staten Island working for the people. Um, (laughs) The proposed requirements are intended to comply with this law that says that uh, uh, that these wood burning stoves emit about 75 percent more uh, uh, pollution than the current ones. Um, uh, but the owners are complaining that in order to comply with this, it will cost a minimum of $20,000 per pizzeria for an air filtration system compliant with this new See, mandate. So, so they should pay for it. So, yes, this is, uh, this is really dumb. Adams, by the way, the mayor, is a vegan, so he really doesn't give a crap about any of this. First, they went after uh, – uh, gas ovens in new construction, and you you cannot build a new high rise yeah. building in New York and uh, and enable uh, gas. Which people who are serious about cooking, yeah, you uh, cook gas, you don't exactly. There's no uh, uh, foodies, significant yeah. chefs that aren't going to demand gas, and the minute impact this would all have on climate is to be debated. Sorry. You can now take off that belt and move freely uh-huh. around the cabin. There she is. Thank you, Tiffany. Tiffany. I got a great one for y'all today. Lay it out. And all of you listening, this is Mile High Crimes for Friday. And have y'all heard of Jonah Falcon? Are y'all familiar with that name? Jenna Falcon? Jonah. Jonah Falcon. Jonah Falcon. Like the whale, Jonah. Well, he's the man with the world's largest penis. Oh, that's no, right. That's not true. They never, uh, they me- never measured. At least the one that they've seen. Okay. Now, 
when you have the world's largest penis, and speaking from a guy with an anaconda, I know this <laughs> I feeling. You got to watch when you're walking through the airport and things like that, because mm. that could be considered a weapon, or they could think you had a weapon. Well, he was frisked by TSA at the California airport. Turns out. Wait, wait. What California airport? Just the California There's, airport. Okay. The, the entire okay. Okay. California Great. airport. Anyone you know Let's assume that's LAX. At a California airport. How about that? Right. Turns out it's legal. To have a weapon of mass consumption, pardon me, conception at the airport. <laughs> Jenna Falcon uh, was stopped and frisked by the TSA at the San Francisco International Airport because of a bulging package in his pants. But the 41-year-old New Yorker wasn't packing a dirty bomb, drugs, or a Costco-sized tube of toothpaste. He was packing the world's largest penis falcon described his hard times with security guards after his extra carry-on became suspicious i had my stuff strapped to the left i wasn't erect at the time said falcon whose penis is nine inches flaccid and 13.5 inches erect one of the guards asked me if my pockets were empty and i said yes Falcon said he knew that his interview was about to get a lot more personal when he was led through an x-ray body scanner and passed a metal detector. Another guard stopped me and asked if I had some sort of growth, Falcon said. Uh, Indeed, he did have a growth. By the age of 18, Falcon had known he had something special when his manhood reached a whopping 12 inches. His family jewel was held as the world's largest on record after an HBO documentary featured him in 1999. Falcon has obviously been contacted by porn companies, though he's never accepted, and has been featured on every talk show just about in the country. As he passed through airport security, Falcon said a younger security guard felt threatened by his very noticeable package and interpreted it as a biological threat. I said, it's my dick, Falcon said. <laughs> he gave me a pat down, but he made sure to go around my penis with his hands. They even put some powder on my pants, probably a test for explosives. Oh I found it amusing. The screener gave up the extensive search without so much as a blush or a smile, and Falcon made it to his flight to New York on time. But he learned something that day. The hardened Traveler has a new game plan for airport security. I'm just going to wear bike shorts from now on. That way, they'll know. You'd think the San Francisco uh, TSA would have experience with hung guys before, but I guess not, he was quoted as saying. TSA officials and the San Francisco airport did not return calls for comment from our people at Real Life Real Crime Daily. That's quite before you hit the button. 13 and a half inches. I'd let HBO come do the documentary on me, but I don't fold my shit in half for anybody. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, wasn't uh, Johnny Wad was much bigger than that, wasn't yeah. he? I, but they didn't say anything about girth. He might have been big around as a, as a keg of beer or something. Yeah, that's right. A good one, Jim. So that's on my high so crowd. San Francisco. You can now take off that belt and move freely around that. the cabin. All right. 
segue. This is the player. that was the best segue to this segment, huh? Kinky crime. Here we go, and it's time for kinky crimes on Friday, Anaconda. So Brian Delgado will not soon forget his twenty fourth birthday after his topless girlfriend provided him with oral and manual favors while they were driving earlier this month. Delgado and Heather Vargas, 23, began arguing inside their 2010 or 2010 Toyota as it traveled down the interstate. The turmoil inside the vehicle resulted in a crash after the speeding car swerved around another car. Vargas claimed to have been driving when the crash occurred. When the cops arrived, seeing Vargas was seen slapping her boyfriend in the face and chest as he told her to calm down. Delgado was arrested after allegedly ignoring a series of, of law enforcement officers. Why are you arresting him? I'm the one that was him, mother, hitting him, motherfuckers. Vargas <laughs> reportedly declared before she, too, was handcuffed. Vargas then provided cops with a recap of the couple's evening. Uh-oh. Vargas said that, that she was giving Delgado head. Ooh. Vargas said that she was also giving Delgado a hand job. In noting that it was her boyfriend's birthday, Vargas said that she wanted to look sexy, so she took off her shirt. Ain't <laughs> that all this was happening? Bad the girl. cops had it. Vargas then stated to police that she is a good girl. Obviously, <laughs> two witnesses yes, told police that the is. woman involved in the accident was topless when they approached the crash scene. Vargas has been charged with battery and disorderly conduct, both misdemeanors, and Delgado's faced misdemeanor resistant arrest. Without a balance count, but they're both free on bond. Hey. Kiki crying as for Friday. As she should be free on yeah. bond. There you go. We Nothing wrong with her. I can think of a lot of things wrong with her, but. Oh, no. Oh, oh, I see no. Oh, no. I was just showing you a picture. Why you got to look at the mic? I like her moxie. <laughs> <laughs> her moxie. She told him what she was doing. Moxie. Yeah. Okay. Uh, give me some banjos. All right, stop the presses. What? Stop the presses. Oh, no. Here we go. I have to interrupt the banjos. Coming to you live and fresh. What is happening here? Orlando, Florida. Sunny Orlando. That's right. We have one of our lifers, Dana Stager, S T A G E R. And we won't, uh, you want, I need to shoot a video of this. We won't put your don't, address don't put or Dana's my address, address on whatever there. you're doing. Yeah. Why is this coming in the middle of dumb criminals? This is coming because <laughs> Dana reached out to we me. We chose the perfect segment in which to have Dana a reached out breaking to news update. To Gemini. You go, you I'll do it. Uh, I retain all my legal rights She wanted to know right how she could get a package to the AGO for dumb criminals. Now. So that's why we're doing it. Okay. Right? So let me know okay. when you're ready, Jim. So we're, am we're I going to right Okay. Um. You, you're going to hand this to you, and you're going to open it up, and I'm going to back the fuck up because I don't know what's in it. <laughs> it might be a, <laughs> something might alive be something in there. There are some air holes. It might be something from your business. Yeah, that's right. No, it's Dan, definitely Dana Steger. Thank you, Dana, for sending it in. Mike's going to open it up. Oh, it's camera. very light. I actually know what it is. So. You, you do know what it is? Oh, so I, I haven't seen it, but I know okay, general, Mike, in general what it is. This it's is really stupid. He's probably opened a few presents this day. I have no nails. It's my problem. Now, Agus' head's going to be 
be so big and we'll be able to get out the door. Oh, my goodness. You got us. Okay, First, Dana. Here it comes, Dana. Drum roll. I have bubble wrap. Dumb criminals. And wrapping, wrapping, wrapping. Why, it's bubble wrap. (laughs) You got a box of bubble wrap. Dana was very concerned about this getting. That's right. Getting damaged. More bubble wrap. Bubble wrap and tape here. My goodness. Dana, what have you done here? She's protecting I can oh, see, I when, see Mike, when, when Mike Eppins is present on Christmas, it's <laughs> a mess. Right. And he's like my There's twins. No <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see something orange or pink I inside. See something pink. I see a box. Uh, uh, what could it be? Dumb. What do you think? Oh, my God. Wait. What the? <laughs> Still unwrapping? And? Broadway gift. Oh, it's a banjo! <laughs> Show the banjo to the video. Oh, my God! to the people. To the video scope the, right here is yeah, Randy Macho Man Savage. Take it say. out. So, Dana, since oh, you're an ornament. Cool. And then a little note. Hi, Woody. Thanks for giving this to Mike for me, Dana Steger. Thank you, Dana. Is that a, oh, that's a Christmas ornament, Yes, it's it? a Christmas ornament. Oh, that's going to go on the tree it. this year, for She sure. had it in banjo. She wanted to get that to you. So, thank you, Dana. Love you, Dana. That is awesome. Now, if we could get just get these guys to make that banjo intro a little bit longer, I don't want to rip your box. That would be uh, hey, that's very cool. Dana. That would be great. That is uh, right that there. is awesome, Dana. So right. you should see the floor in this uh, studio. <laughs> it's a disaster. We should start uh, our banjos again, probably on this. Yeah, okay, so give yes, me some banjos for, you, Dana. for Dana's banjo. Okay, today's dumb criminal is from Albuquerque, New Mexico. And do you know my big brother in my fraternity was from Albuquerque? And he made me learn how to spell Albuquerque in my first week. A-L-B-U-Q-U-E-R-Q-U-E. That's impressive. And if I couldn't do that, a bunch of bad shit was going to happen to me. So, police in Albuquerque, New Mexico arrested a 40-year-old named Matthew Crowder on Tuesday. After they discovered that he was responsible for a theft at a local consignment store. How did they discover he was responsible? I have no idea. Well, old Matthew was working a cutie. was a little hottie in the consignment store, and he was doing a little bit of flirting. Gave out his number. Before he did a little bit of stealing. Wow. And his flirting included giving his business card to the... Uh, the cutie, and uh, and then she observed him steal the shit. And then uh, they called the police, and the police came in, and she gave them uh, the card. Uh, Crowder actually even posted something on Facebook. Yep. After gets them every time about uh, uh, about his crime. So uh, another another genius. Okay. There's some stupid quotes in here, but since. Uh, 
we uh, we took all that time to open Dana's, Dana's banjo. Drum. I'm not going to go through that. This is just another dumbass <laughs> leaving a card in Zars. Oh, 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 yeah. oh, Jim made a picture. God, we got a picture of this guy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, he's a smooth operator. Yeah. Look at that pimp, dude. Right. Yeah. 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 Pimple so I'm surprised he didn't get that date. All right. The, now we're going to play this the the exit music on Dana's banjo. You can play it now, Mike. Right. I got tiny fingers. I can do All the Freddie. Right. Let's Hit it. go. <laughs> Mike's playing it. Very good, very that. good. Uh, what a dumb criminal, Michael. Dumb criminal. There's some dumb ones out there. They saw what? They saw what? How about some deep fryers? A deep fryer oh, thief. I, now, what he's thinking, he might would swipe a deep fryer if someone wouldn't look at now, look, it didn't take authorities in Oklahoma long to find the culprit who allegedly broke into a woman's home and stole $4,000 worth of items, including a deep fryer. All they had to do was follow the grease across ah. the street to the home of the suspected thief, Stephen McCartney. Police followed the notab- <laughs> noticeable grease spots that started from the woman's home and led to McCartney's backyard. The police fi- found the stolen items hidden around McCartney's house, and the deep fryer was in the utility room above his dryer. McCartney and his alleged accomplice, William Bish, admitted to the crimes. Neighbors said the behavior from McCartney is out of ordinary. He's a great guy, a great character, a family man. So it's a little unexpected. The robbery victim, who has not been identified, also says McCartney is a friend who eventually returned the items he stole. She claims they will remain friends. Wow, that's impressive. Police said McCartney was apologetic and knew it was wrong, but he was intoxicated on alcohol and broke into the residence anyway. It's always the alcohol. Where where was it? This was in Oklahoma. Okay, I imagine they frosted. That's a forgiving neighbor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hey, it's a good one. But. I bet they don't use peanut oil like I do. I bet they use the canola. That's the secret. The secret is peanut oil. They said what? What? All right. We've. uh, All right. Um, This is y'all beginning of the long holiday week. If you've taken off Monday or Tuesday, but y'all be safe this weekend. Okay. I didn't know. Y'all be safe this weekend and, and continue to like and share us if you would. And thank you so much. And. Appreciate each and every one of you. I concur. I completely disagree. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like disagreeing right now. He's feeling all cocky because he got three reviews. Not reviews. Three. Uh, oh, but can you be honest? The, they, can the you review, please be honest? Go. Yeah. <laughs> That my wife was actually one of them. Yeah. <laughs> no, your wife is the worst one because she had to draw a freaking with a highlighter a box around my graphic of what stuff she approved of and what stuff she didn't. Yeah, well, they, somebody yeah. was like, I want to know who, uh, what he's, uh, team, whatever, whatever. I've never heard of these people in my life. <laughs> no, no. Here's the thing that the audience wants you to do they want you to watch Vanderpump Rules. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Because they need you to have an opinion. I love, I love y'all very, very, very much. And season's, season's over. So yeah. <laughs> don't have to worry about it. Thank you. Hey, but the um the contest, if you will, for leaving reviews for the Daily Show is still up for another two weeks. Y'all go leave us a review, screenshot it, and send it in. Thank you. Thank you. And until next time, I'm Jim Chapman. And I'm Woody Everton. And I'm Mike Agavino. For your host of Real Life Real Crime Daily, peace. Shub business.